You're listening to the Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 140. Welcome to the Maniverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin, and this is the podcast where we explore what it takes to build a successful, friendly local game store. If you like what you hear on today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever fine platform you're listening on. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. As always, you can find the notes and links mentioned in today's episode at ManiverseSaga.com. A digital marketing strategy is crucial to your game store's success, especially going into 2024. In order to grow, you need to get your store in front of new customers, and the most effective way to do that is using online strategies like Google Ads, email marketing, social media, and content. And this is where the Maniverse Marketing Agency comes in. We bring in new customers to your online store and physical storefront using a comprehensive digital marketing strategy that we build around your game store brand and existing operation and then implement it for you. Book a 30-minute strategy session with us to get your game store digital marketing plan created for free. It's yours to keep either way, so you have nothing to lose. Go to ManiverseSaga.com forward slash MMA to book your call, and let's put some magic in your marketing. All right, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kraplan, and I have with me on the show today, Tyler Broughton. So this is the podcast where we talk about building a friendly, local, successful game store. And uh, that's the exact subject we're going to be discussing today. But we've also got some other things that we want to talk about. But before we jump into that, I want Tyler to tell his story as to where he's at right now. And, uh, you know, why are we having this conversation to begin with? So uh, welcome to the show, Tyler. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for having me. Um, So yeah, my name is Tyler Broughton. Uh, I'm currently... Uh, well, I guess you could say unemployed or self-employed because uh, <laughs> my current job is to buy and sell singles um, and card singles, uh, most notably from the game Flesh and Blood. And I buy and sell and sell them online for TCG Player, and that's how I'm making my full-time income currently. Um, yes, this podcast is about um, at opening up a game store, so I have aspirations to open up a game store in the future, um, the next hopefully within a couple of years now. Um, and so I'm currently going through the process of researching locations, trying to figure out how that's going to look, um, figuring out um, my plan, my business plan, um, and figuring out if that's something that is going to be feasible for me to do. Um, and so in this time that, that we're living in currently and at the end of 2023, um, prospects the economy might not seem as good right now um there's a lot of um, things that are hindering um, game stores a lot of game stores are closing and so i'm trying to balance all of that with the idea of like this is what i want to do this is my dream and so um yeah that's kind of just where i'm at right now it's an interesting place to be (laughs) like you said at the end of 2023 there's a lot of uh it's a tumultuous time for a lot of people. Yeah. It's really great on certain aspects and it's also really rough on certain aspects. Uh, but yeah, so I want to step back a little bit because I originally connected with you through a Facebook group that uh, if, you know, listeners haven't, aren't a part of it, it's definitely a good group to, to check out. If you are interested in opening a game store, it's literally, I believe called opening a game store group on Facebook. Get the exact name. 
before I start uh, promoting this thing. (laughs) The uh, name of the group is Opening a Tabletop Game Store. So definitely recommend it. Yeah, that uh, people check that out. But I originally found you because you'd made a post on this group, uh, essentially looking for some guidance, just some, you know, some mentorship from somebody who's been there, who's kind of gotten to, you know, further ahead in the game. And you just wanted some, uh, I guess, you know, some guidance right towards that path. Uh, but your situation is fairly unique, right? Because you, like you said, you, you've, you've been selling on TCG player, you're, you're selling these singles, you're selling flesh and blood right now, and you're doing very well from, you know, what I understand. Uh, so how did you, let's, let's start there, right? So you're doing this online sales business right now. How did you get it to the point where, you know, you're at right now where you can, it's your full-time income. It's your full-time job. How did you get it to that point? And then also, I guess, why, why make that transition? What's your reasoning for, for jumping into an actual brick and mortar store? Yeah, of course. Um, so it all happened during COVID um, when we were all locked down. My buddy, my roommate at the time um, said, hey, do you want to get into Magic the Gathering with me? And I knew, I knew of it. I hadn't really played it before. And so we got into Magic the Gathering. We bought a couple starter decks. Um, we bought a booster box together, opened some packs, and we started playing Magic the Gathering. Um, so we built our commander decks. And um, I, I believe I opened a card that was like, it was worth like 30 bucks. And I like couldn't believe it. You know, um, I've always been kind of had a business-minded heart, business-minded mind. But I couldn't believe that something I opened out of a $5 pack could be 30 bucks. And I was like, oh, I wonder what other expensive stuff could be in the set. And so I sold my card for 30 bucks um, on eBay. And then I bought some more packs. Um, and we just kind of kept going. And so then I was like, oh, there's all these, this is whole marketplace that I'm not, that I'm not aware of. And so I started buying cards for my decks. Um, we started getting bored of magic after about six or seven months. Um, but by, by then I had been looking locally for people who were selling these cards. And they were willing to sell these collections that they had a group of cards for 50, 60% of value. So I'd meet up with them. I'd buy their cards. I'd pull what I wanted to and I'd sell the rest. And I'm like, Hey, maybe I can make some side money doing this. Um, and so I started to do that. Um, and did that for a few months, um, made, made some money. Um, started out with $0. Um, I started, I'd charge it all on credit cards. And then when I would sell the cards, I would pay off the credit cards. Um, you get zero months, you get like 18 months, no interest on your credit cards. And so that's, that's how I started. I didn't have any money to start with. And then um, a few months later, I brought all my bulk into a game store um, that, locally. And they said they gave me like 200 bucks for about 50,000 cards that I had accumulated, just bulk commons and rares. Um, and so I was looking at what they had to offer. And um, they said, Hey, I have this flesh and blood um, booster box. If you want to try this new game, um, that we got and i'd heard rudy on um, rudy's youtube channel alpha investments i'd heard him talk about it and i was like eh, maybe i'll try this game and so me and my roommate we opened up the box when i got home and we built four decks there were four heroes in it and we fell in love with the game and so um, that's where we started and then so i took the knowledge that i had gained from buying and selling magic cards and i took it to flesh and blood cards and the game was relatively new. It was only in its third set. And so there weren't a ton of people who were buying and selling in it yet. 
Um, so I hit the ground running. Um, I opened up some boxes because there's plus EV on them. Started selling singles, started getting my name out there. Um, and then, um, and that, that's kind of how I got started buying and selling the, the flesh and blood cards. People started to know my name in the community. Um, they started messaging me out of the blue when they had stuff to sell. Um, so finding those collections wasn't as hard. Um, and then I started, I got connected with, the, with the, my local game store who every release would give me 100, 120 boxes um, at a good price. And I would open them and sell play sets of the new set to people online um, who wanted the set like right away on, on day one. And so I started grinding there. Um, I had a full-time job. I actually moved to where I was at now because um, I got connected with a game store that, that wanted a manager. So I became a manager of this game store um, and with the hopes of maybe opening my own store one day. Um, well, uh, long story short, the manager and I um, didn't quite see eye to eye um, completely. He ended up dropping Flesh and Blood um, from, his, from his product stock and I kind of became less interested in doing the store. But all the while, I was actually making more money on the side buying and selling Flesh and Blood cards than I was working um, for this guy being the manager of his store. Um, and so when he dropped flesh and blood as a product, I'm like, you know what? I could just do this myself if I'm making more money on the side. So that's what I did. I dropped on um, my manager job. Um, and I devoted hundred percent to buying and selling cards and, um, talked to my wife about it. And I said, you know, let me try this for a couple months. We have a little bit of savings currently. Just let me try it and see if it, it'll work out. And I've been doing that for about eight months now. Um, and, and that's, that's just what I really want to do is I want to open up, um, the game store in the future. So I, I moved here, um, to try to become a manager to learn how to run a store, but I ended up, um, being successful enough on my own that I kind of didn't need that. Um, and so, so yeah, that, that's how I got to here. I've just been grinding and grinding and increasing the amount of um, collections I buy, um, I go to events and buy and sell there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty successful for me so far. And so um, I've gained a lot of knowledge in, in how to buy and sell singles. And so um, now my goal is to learn how to actually run a full-on retail business. Um, and so that's kind of that's how we met. I was looking for someone to mentor me to how to open up a business because you know, buying and selling online is a lot different than opening up an in-person store. And so um, that's kind of what I was I was looking for with the post that I made is for someone to help um, guide me through the steps on opening up a brick and mortar, things I need to look out for, um, things I need to consider, um, things that I shouldn't do when opening up a store. You know, there's a lot that you can learn from people. And I believe that mentorship is very valuable. Um, and if someone is willing to walk me through that, I think that you're um, chances of success are a lot greater. And so that's kind of what I was, what I've been looking for recently. That's uh yeah. And it's a great idea. I think more people who are going through the process of opening a business should look for mentorship. I think that's a really powerful way to make sure you don't make some of the basic mistakes that a lot of people do at the beginning. You know, like it's, you don't know what you don't know to start things off with. And like you said, it's very different doing a brick and mortar retail operation than it is trying to sell online. So having somebody who's who's been there before to help you avoid some of those pitfalls is a really good a good move at the beginning. And uh, I think yeah. more people who are on the path should try and and connect with people that way. Uh, which 
kind of leads into another aspect of the conversation. But before we go into the the, the response that most that a lot of came out of that, uh, break down some of those numbers because I feel like this is one of the reasons why people might have pushed back initially. Uh, so from your post, you're doing you know you're not just doing okay. I've got a full time job. I've I've replaced my income with this uh, this online sales operation. You're doing very well, right? Like your projections are really well. You're like the the, the amount of volume. I don't think uh, many people would would necessarily realize how how much is out there. What you can truly build as an online seller if you you know you have a good system and you have good operations. So like, where are you at operationally right now? And you know how is that affecting your decision? Yeah, of course. Um, buying and selling cards online is all about like where you can get cards, the amount of cards that you can get, because you're limited to what you can buy. Right? There's and you're limited about to where people are selling, and so a lot of people want to buy and sell cards because that's their hobby. That's what they like to do. Um, but there's a that causes a lot of buyers out there on the market. So if you can get your name known early in a game, um, if you can get cards early. Um, build up your inventory over time, then you can do pretty well. Um, and so I think this year, um, in sales, I'm going to hit over 500,000 in sales. Um, buying cards at 20, 25% net margin to me, um, buying collections at 55, 60% of value, selling them on TCG player, um, at TCG low, and then with all the fees, minus 15%. So I'm making about 20, 25% margin on all my cards, but it's also a lot of time to do. So if you're just trying to do it as a side hustle, it can be a great little side income. Um, but when you free up your time and when you take that step to get out there um, and you can spend 60, 80 hours a week on buying and selling, um, there's a lot that you can do with the volume. Um, and so if I'm, if I'm, my sales are projected at 500,000, then my profit's gonna be projected around 80, 90 grand for the year. Um, that's obviously not all going into my pocket. That's going, uh, I'm just going right back into buying more cards, buying sealed to keep um, in the closet for a while. Um, they're just buying more inventory. I'm paying myself a, a bit, um, you know, just a normal salary um, for like a, someone who would work at a store. Um, but everything I profit is going to go right back into the business that's how it's been before i um started doing this full-time i didn't take any money to myself it just all went right back into buying inventory buying cards uh, buying collections and so um that's kind of about what i'm doing currently and so i figure if i'm if that's my profit for the year then i can help roll some of that into buying a store and that gives me a cushion um when opening up a store i'll have I already have a successful growing business that I can fall back on. I'm not starting at negative 50 grand in the bank. You know, I'm not, because I know I'm going to be having that profit come in every month. So that can replace some of the startup costs. Um, I can put my salaries already included in that. Um, and I'm already paying myself. So I don't have to inject a new salary into there. And so I figure um, I built myself up for a pretty good start. Um, for running a business, yes, there's going to be a ton of startup costs. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that I that I don't know that I'm going to need. Um, but if I'm if I'm doing those kind of numbers um, just in singles of one product line, like I feel like 
um, I'm going to be able to adapt pretty well to the market. And especially when I add employees, I can get my, my growth up. And so I think I've built myself up for success. Um, that's kind of unique to what I see a lot of people trying to open up a store with, which is just from nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic about my prospects. Uh, and this is just something I, I want to do as well. You know, like we only have one life to live. Um, I'm not the type of guy who likes working for some corporate overlord. I want to run my own thing. I want to do my own thing. I want to employ my own people. I want to create my own culture. Like I want to, I want to go out knowing that I put in my best effort as possible. Um, and that I, um, that I don't have any regrets because if I don't do this, I know I'm going to regret and just look back and say, what if, so even if I fail, I feel like the experience is still going to be worth it for me. You sound like a person who thrives on being a leader and pushing your own path through being a pioneer and uh, pushing yeah. your own way through life in a good way. And I, I, yeah. I think most entrepreneurs can also identify with that. And I think most people who own their own game store or really any business, that's, that's a drive that's kind of inside of all of us, right? We, we're just not employable and for a long-term situation. Yeah. It's just not, not the vision that we had for our lives, right? To just work until we're 65 for some business and then retire. It's just not the way we want to do things. So I think there's, there's a lot of value in just saying, even if it's not a success, like even if it's not the ultimate, you know, I'm going to make as much money as possible. I could, you know, the, 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 the big massive business, you know, that, uh, that I imagine it would be, even if that's not the case, there's still a lot of value in trying it out and doing that and having a life where you actually, you are the one, uh, directing things. So I, I can I can totally see why you'd want to go down that path, and I think most listeners probably feel the same way that you do. But because of of your situation, and like you said, this is a very unique way of approaching things. I think a lot of stores start off with the idea of okay, I'm gonna I've got my personal collection, I've got a dream, I want to be this, I want to open a game store, and they start off with the like you said the bare minimum, right? They've they come at it with the absolute, like, oh, I tapped into my credit cards. I've, I've got a small loan from my parents. You know, like, I, I've got whatever I got to, like, make this thing happen. I got a couple tables. Mm -hmm. I got a few boxes. Let's make it make a go of it. And I feel like part of the resistance, let's say, that you got from the existing store owners, the ones who are on those on this Facebook group, who've been around for decades in some cases, right? Like, they've, they've had this business. They've grown from perhaps the situation that they're now advocating against, right? A lot of stores started with the, the backpack in the binders and the two folding tables, and they grew it out into a great business, but it might've taken 20 years. It might've taken a lot longer than uh, it would have had they, you know, had a couple extra hundred thousand dollars to start with, right? The whole capitalization thing. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of them came from that, but they're the, also the ones who are pushing back and saying, maybe this isn't what you want to do. Uh, but I feel like your situation being what it is and the fact that you're doing such a good volume of sales already based off of one, like you said, one product line, one game category, uh, that is like a double-edged sword, right? Because that's great. That's a great platform to build off of, right? You can have a business where you, you know, you've got this online portion already built out 
normally that's a secondary thing. People start their brick and mortar, then they figure out the online sales, right? Like that's an extension of the, of the business uh, normally, whereas you've kind of reversed that, that model. Now you've got the online sales and you're trying to add in a brick and mortar. And uh, a lot of people will, at least a lot of store owners push back on that and saying, well, why, why even bother, right? You've already got a great business. Just keep growing it out. Why would you want to, you know, add all the headache of overhead and employees and physical space and dealing with real human beings and, and like that sort of stuff? Why would you want to, why, why go down that road when you've already got this established business? And uh, I, I guess explain your reasoning for that, you know, uh, beyond just like I, the intrinsic, like I want to do, uh, I want to do more than just, just be online. Yeah, of course. No, it's a very valid response. Like you're already successful. Um, it's a great one person gig. Like why, why deviate away from that? Um, and I've, I've thought about that. And um, I think my response to that is putting all, that's putting all your eggs in one basket. Uh, I'm in one game. It's a newer game. Um, it's only been around for four to five years. Um, and who knows what the future of that game is going to be? You know, the market's going down currently on um, on most games right now, and so and smaller games have been failing, and people have been jumping to to newer games such as like One Piece or Larkana or even the new sorcery game. And so these markets are very volatile, um, and having my whole business on one game is not really what can help it last for the future. And so I want to build something that can last for the future, um, that can support me for the rest of my life. And so catching the wave of this game now is going to allow me to um, help me build something um, for the rest of my life. Like I said, I started with $0, um, just charged everything on credit cards, uh, paid it off, charged it back, paid it off, and kept rolling it over. Um, and so... Um, I feel like I've built myself up a nice little bit of inventory um, over the years. And so I want to be able to transition that and build something that, that lasts. Um, I can, I'll do this as long as I can, but if I can do this as well as running other stuff, expanding my inventory, expanding into other games, then it's going to be a lot better for me. I'm going to be able to weather the storm of, the market better um, because I'll be in multiple different games. I want to add more product lines. Um, currently, I can't do that by myself because I have so much business coming in on this on this one market that um, it's enough for me. But um, I can't really expand into other games right now because I just don't have time to do that. Um, and so um, that's kind of what I what I'm envisioning. Um, and I also just want to create a community, a community of players. Um, I'm a people person. I love being around people. I love growing that community. Um, when I've worked retail in the past, I've loved having customers. I've loved seeing them all the time, um, every time they come into the store. Um, and I want to build a place where my family, my kids can go to. Um, so for me, it's um, personally, for me, it's not all about the money. It's about the community, about the relationships that I build along the way. Um, as long as my needs are met, um, I don't have um a great need to you know make six figures or um work my way up a corporate ladder i just want to create a space and a life that i 
am happy with, a uh, life that I'm proud of living, um, and create a community that um, enjoys each other um, and, um, and builds friendships along the way. And so that's kind of my more greater desire behind why I want to open up a store is to, um, is to just create that, that space that people can come together. And so, um, and create something that can last. And so right now what I have is, is great, but it's definitely not, in my opinion, sustainable for the long term. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and having a, a business built that's built on a single game, I'm sure a lot of store owners uh, can identify this with magic, but having a, a game store that's like the core business is around one game means you have a, a fairly large single point of failure, which is not a good place to be, right? If yeah. things just gradually fall apart for flesh and blood over the next 12 months, where would you be, right? Technically, all of this could start to dwindle away, but if you are a little more diversified, you know, that, that could be... Uh, it's a little more stable, right? It's a little more safe, especially yeah, in exactly. times like these. I think that's also a uh, a consideration that maybe not everybody understands. The amount of volume that you're doing right now is a, is a lot, right? It's not just. Uh, I I do wonder how much the perception of online sales is that it's like simple and easy and it's like it scales to the moon and it's not like you're doing in-person, you know, conversations at the till where that's time consuming and hard. Like the amount of work that you're probably putting in over the course of the year to generate that $500,000 in revenue is significant. There is a limit to what you can do online, even if it is, you know, like you can get a lot done. The scale can be a lot, you know, higher doing uh, online sales, but there's, there's still a, a hard limit. And, at some point, you know, either you're going to need to hire somebody else to, you know, to assist you in this business. But again, it's about checking the boxes off in in your life and what do you want from life, not just how much money you can make in this one thing. And I think, yeah, like, as somebody who works online exclusively, I know what it's like to be like, I really wish <laughs> I miss some of the aspects of when I used to have a job with you know, I would work with 10, 12 people over the course of a day, you know, as part of a group doing a, you know, doing work, right. <laughs> Instead of staring at a screen all day, which I imagine is probably uh, closer to your experience now where you're just, yeah. you know, constantly sitting in your email inbox and, and working through TCG player orders and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's also it's... just boring, you know, just like working <laughs> yeah. from home all day and, um, working online, it's like repetitive, like you sort cards, you list cards, you send out orders, you buy stuff. Like it's, it's a, the same stuff every day. And like, I want my day to be diverse. I want to do something different every day. Like I want to hire people to fill the orders, to sort the cards. Like, like it, it's good for a while, but like years and years of just sorting and listing and shipping, like it may seem like a dream after like initially, but like after a while, it's just like grunt work, you know, like I want to. I want to get out there. I want right. to get outside my house. I want to, like, I go to events to buy and sell, but like at the end of the day, I, I want to, I want to go into a store. I want to see people every day. I want to um, play games with people. I mean, I guess if you're not running a store, you're not really playing games. You're running the store, but, um, but you know what I mean? I just want to, I want to be out in the world. I don't want to be in my house all day buying and selling. So, um, so it, like I said, it's good for now, um, but I want it to be more. I want to expand it. Yeah. 
And that makes total sense to me. I 100% get that. I miss, like I said, I miss the in-person experience. I miss interacting with people on a regular basis. Uh, even this, this kind of like, you know, we're recording a podcast right now. We're looking at each other over the course, over the internet on screens. This is at least something, but most of the day it's uh, spent looking at spreadsheets and, and that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. Wanting more, I can totally understand. And I think that's something that maybe existing owners who've been in the business for a while, maybe they kind of forget what it's like, or maybe they never really knew what it was like being, you know, the work from home uh, situation, because it's, it's kind of a relatively new phenomenon being able to do this, you know, in the last five years or so where this has become more of the norm. Uh, whereas a lot of retail owners probably only see the, like, I come to work every day. I deal with the the crap every single day that, you know, they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone want this? Uh, maybe they just don't know what, know what the alternative is. And the alternative is staring at a screen all day and being at home alone, which is not particularly exciting. Some but, people uh, can do it, but like, that's yeah. just not me. Yeah. yeah, that's another common trait, I think, amongst store owners and amongst the good store owners, at least, is that they are people people. Like, they want to be around other people. They are the kinds of people who enjoy, you know, the hosting and the facilitating and bringing people into a community and, and like, you know, the, the kind of friend who likes to host parties and, and has, has everybody over and we all have a good time and, like, that mm-hmm. drive, that motivation, I feel like is one of the one of the core motivators for store owners that go on to do really well because they do have mm-hmm. that. I'm not just in it for the money. I'm not just in it because I really like this one game and I'm you know I I have this idea that uh, this is the way that I'm going to enjoy it even more. It's it's a business, but it's also a purpose, right? It's fulfilling. It's 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 there's more to it than just the money or just the products that you're you're moving but but i did want to talk like one one of the reasons why i wanted to have this conversation in particular besides just the fascinating journey of you know somebody who's on the path towards opening a game store but has already built a very successful business along the way i think that's fascinating and a great model to go through uh you know if if anybody store owners are are considering it i think this is a great way to do it because like you said you know, you've got this uh, cushion, you've got this built-in revenue stream to make sure that the first couple of years kind of stabilize a little bit. Uh, great way to go. But the uh, the response has been, I would say, more negative than positive. And that could just be a, uh, a symptom of the time that we're in right now, you know, being the end of the year and being 2023 and all of the stuff that's been going on for the last 36 months, basically. But I don't think that's necessarily the case because I've been part of this community for a very long time and negativity uh, in the sense of like experienced store owners coming at people who are saying, Hey, I want to open a store. What's your advice? Almost immediately within a couple of minutes, the first post will always be my advice is don't do it. That's like the knee jerk response, almost guaranteed. And I, I, I feel like you got quite a bit of that. And your response, like we've kind of explored some of the, you know, the, the motivations that you've had uh, already in the conversation, but you've, you've tried to convey that like, okay, you know, I didn't come here to be told not to do this. I came here looking for guidance. And so much of it was this, uh, this negative response towards even just a- attempting it at this point in time. How did that make you feel? 
well, that's expected. That's an expected response right now. Um, I knew I was going to get some of those responses, which is fine. Um, because I've been keeping up with the, with the group and seeing other people who post, Hey, I want to open up a store. Here's what I have. And like a lot of people that post, like really probably shouldn't be opening up a store. Um, if they're undercapitalized, saw one guy had like $20,000 and he's ready. He's wanting what inventory he should buy to open up the store with. And like, or people who aren't, you know, don't have a community already. Um, and a lot of those people, you know, probably shouldn't, but I think there's also like some people that can and should, I mean, I've seen since COVID, I've seen three different game stores open and they've all been successful. They're all still around. They're growing, they're hiring people, they're expanding. Um, and so I've seen people who have been able to do it. Um, and I just think it's all about, um, how you can adapt to the current market. Um, a lot of older stores are relying on magic Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh um, to, to get by. But in, in this day and age, you have to expand beyond that. Um, you have to do many different games. Like I said, you can do, I do flesh and blood, but you can do Arcana, one piece sorcery. Um, there's other games that, that you can do as well to expand your product lines. Um, but I also think that the people who say don't open up a store are like the people who have stores. Um, and so to me, it's like, I see them running successful stores and they're saying, don't do it. But if they really meant it, then they wouldn't do it themselves. You know, like they, mm -hmm. they started from somewhere, they built themselves up somewhere. They, they know what it takes. And so I'm just kind of not, not listening to them <laughs> because <laughs> I just like don't believe them. Um, but I also know that a lot of people shouldn't. Um, and I've, you know, I've run my numbers. I see what I'm doing currently. I feel like I've built myself up a good foundation um, to open a store. Um, and like I said, I'm looking for a mentor as well. Um, I have a couple people reach out that I am talking to. Um, and so having someone on your side rooting for you, helping you with the process, I feel like is also just increasing your chances of success as well. Um, and so, um, I think maybe a lot of the people also say that, like, don't open a store. You, like you may not know what you're doing, um, just to scare people away because, you know, like I said, a lot of people probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, but once you get past all that negativity, you lay your plan, your business plan down, you run the numbers and you say, Hey, I think I can make this work. Um, I think moving past all that negativity just gives you further motivation and a drive and desire to prove those people wrong or to be successful. Um, a lot of people who say that also give like really good advice. They say like, you need make sure you're capitalized. They're like, okay, we know we're not going to convince you. Like here's some like solid advice. You don't want to be undercapitalized. I've been reading um, Gary Ray's book, friendly mm -hmm. local game store. Uh, he's saying start with at least a hundred grand, 150 grand when you're opening up a game store for the startup costs, for your inventory, um, for all of that. And so um, as I've been buying and selling, I've been keeping my eyes out for good deals. I've been buying my inventory slowly um, over the past two or three years to kind of build up my inventory pool. So I'm not dropping 40 grand in one month on inventory. I, have it built up um, over the past two or three years. Um, and it, 
hopefully it's slowly going up in value as well. Not, not currently, but you know, um, over time it, it should theoretically. And so, um, I don't know. I think you can open up a successful game store in 2023 and 2024. Um, but it's not as simple as just having a dream, opening up a store, buying inventory, like that opens you up for failure. Um, you have to kind of know what you're doing. You have to have people alongside you who are giving you advice, who have been there, who have done that. Um, and if you are already making money buying and selling online, then opening up a store will be easier for you because you already know the business. You already have customers. You'll have a revenue stream. Um, and I feel like most game stores have to buy and sell online these days. Um, if not buy, at least sell. And so uh, if you know how to sell online, then I think you're going to have a greater chance of success when you are, are going in person. Yeah, I definitely agree on the online sales thing. Uh, I think stores need to adapt to the changing buying environment. And it's just the way things are, are going to go, whether that's on the big marketplaces or it's on uh, your own you know, Shopify website or how, whatever yeah. you want to get it done with. Uh, I think that's a big, important part, but the negativity that comes when somebody says, I, I, I want to open this particular business, right? I want to open a game store. I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because it's useful on one hand, right? Because like you said, there are a lot of people who probably shouldn't. And like they're out there because they have that dream and they want to do it. And it, it's probably just not the right time for them. Uh, mm -hmm. Mainly because, you know, they're coming at it with uh, less money than they should, right? Like if you tried to open a game store right now with less than $150,000 in, in in capital, you probably have a really hard time and you'd probably end up closing your doors in the next, you know, year or two. And then you're out that time plus the money plus whatever debt you accumulate along the way. And yeah. Yeah, like it's a bad time, right? When that happens, and nobody wants to see that happen. Like the store owners that are are open right now, they don't want to see you do that because that's just it's no good for anyone, right? But there, so so there's a function to it, right? There is a it, it functions as a filter. It's useful to have somebody be like, maybe this isn't a good idea because it might not be. But yeah. at the same time, the challenge with uh, especially online groups and online discourse is that there's so many voices. And there's so much, uh, so many different experiences, right? Like the environment where you're at right now and the particular experience that you've got is very different from somebody who is, you know, uh, in Canada, right? And in, in Ontario, who wants to open their store in Toronto, where there's already massive market saturation and you're competing against some of the mass, some of the biggest game stores in Canada. Very different, mm -hmm. you know, very different uh, context, right? But so like having somebody say, hey, maybe this isn't a bad idea. Maybe you should reevaluate this. That's useful. But online, it all gets kind of flattened out, right? And you have mm -hmm. so many people who don't have that context or they don't have time to really investigate it either. It's also part of the problem, right? We're all busy. We all got to just, you know, live our lives. So when somebody says something, you you know, the, the tweet culture of just, here's my hot take. Don't do it. This is a terrible idea. Yeah. It just kind of comes out, right? So it has a, but it has a function of filtering out some of the people who shouldn't do it, right? Uh, hopefully, it dissuades some of those people, anyways. Uh, of course, yeah. But I, then I, I do really believe that those people have your best interests in mind. 
Like they know that it's hard. They know it's going to take a long time. They know you need yeah. capital. And so like, they don't want to see you fail. They would love to see you succeed, um, but they don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you go into debt, hurt your family, um, hurt your finances. Like they don't want you to go bankrupt. Like they, like, I feel like they genuinely care about you. And I do appreciate that. Um, and it also, like you said, it acts as a filter and may dissuade some people, which is good. Um, and it may prevent some people from falling into those traps. Um, but I think that once you move past that, there is um, there is a way for people to open these days. And so um, it may also just be that, like, they don't want more stores to compete with, you know, like online. <laughs> um, but I think it yeah, I try not more. to be that cynical. <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. Uh, yeah. that's the case for most of them. I, I think like. I think what you said that the people who are active, the people who are responding and, and contributing to groups like this, I think they're the people who care the most. They're not out there to try and, you know, push the competition out. Although I'm sure there are uh, some folks who are like, who, who do do that. Uh, mm. I'm, I would also bet that like, if you were saying, Hey, I want to open a store right next to yours. Yeah. They might I'll be less that. happy about that, <laughs> but uh but yeah, that, I don't think that's the case most of the time. I think most of the time no, no, they I, are. I believe that people have the best of intentions um, yeah. most of the time. And so I do appreciate that um, from them. They're saying like, they're trying to let you know the reality of it. Like it's not easy work. It's not just opening up a store and playing games for the rest of your life kind of thing. So yeah, I, I do appreciate all the negative sentiment because it makes you realize great greater that like it is serious and you are going to have to get to work and so um yeah i i don't mind it yeah and i think you are a great example of somebody who has gone through that filter right you are somebody who has put the thing put the words out there put the the thoughts and desires this is the path i want to walk and you've gotten that pushback and you successfully answered all those questions right you said okay well these are the reasons why this is my motivation. Here's why I think it'll succeed. Here's my numbers. You know, you've, you've already got those elements of what makes like a business plan really useful. The plan itself is not, not especially uh, useful once you get going, because chances are your plan's going to change. You know, you're, you've you got to project numbers out. Like uh, I'm sure you've gotten to that point in the, in Gary Ray's book, but he talks about how like, you know, the, the math, right. When you're running those numbers, at the initial stages of opening your store, you don't know what your sales are going to be like. You don't know how many people you're going to have at your events. You don't know any of these things. You just got to make it up and project it out and hope, it, hope you're accurate. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you've got established numbers. Like you've got things that you can base your model off of, which is more than probably 90% of the people who come at, you know, where you're at right now, they, they bring, you know, some hopes and dreams to the table, but probably not a whole lot more. Uh, yeah. But that can obviously carry you quite a far, quite a far way if you've got the uh, the desire, the determination to make it happen. Of course. But I think your example is perfect. You are somebody who should, in a sense, open a game store. You've got the experience. You went and you did the you uh, you worked the retail job side of things to see what it actually is like for a period of time to get a feel for it. It's not just about the money, but you've got the money to make it happen. I am. Uh, yeah. So like, I feel like this is a really good example of you're the kind of person who should open a game store or could make a really good go of it and, and could actually find success doing it. And I think 
I think the negativity did its job in a sense in this case, mm. although maybe right now it's a little bit more uh, excessive, a little bit, a little bit heavier handed than it would normally be. And that's just because, you know, we're at this era in time. I feel like uh, if mm -hmm. the last year hadn't been quite so difficult for a lot of shops, uh, maybe it would be a little bit more uh, relaxed in the pushback in the resistance to the idea. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm really excited to see what happens. I want to I want to follow this journey into opening a shop and and seeing what the uh, what the plan is, what the what the opening stages look like. I. I, to me, this is like a, a really fascinating case study to like, how can you open a business? How can you open this particular kind of business in 2024? And what do you need to do to succeed? So I'm, I'm excited mm -hmm. to follow along with the story and hopefully we can, uh, we can reconnect once, you know, things start developing further. We can kind of uh, chat a little bit more about, you know, thought process and, and, and where things are going in the future. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I not there yet. Um, and uh, like I said, I've been researching places where to go. Um, we moved here for my job um, and that didn't work out in the town that I currently live in. Very oversaturated with stores. There's about 10, 11 stores here and there should probably be like four. Um, so we're not staying here. Um, so I've been researching places to go, um, stores per population ratios, um, medium household income stuff like that you know trying to figure out you know where can we go that give us the best shot um and also like do i know people there the best part about buying selling online is that i know people all over the country all over the world i do business in in europe canada asian countries um, frequently um, as well as all over the united states so like wherever i go i know i'm gonna probably know some players there um especially if i stay close by um due to like regional tournaments and stuff so um, so that, that's where I'm at now. Uh, I got to save up some more money, get build up some more inventory. But hopefully within the next two years, um, I'll be ready to open. And um, and yeah, we'll we'll just I'm gonna grind. I'm gonna push hard, and I'm gonna um, try try my best at this uh, at this dream of mine. Right? That's that's all we can really do is just try your best. And so um, yeah, I, I hopefully. Uh, in the future, I will update you and it'll be nothing but positive news. Um, and that's, and that's just something that I'm, I'm excited about to see where it goes. Um, and so I know if I put in the work, I'm giving my best shot that I believe I can build something that can last, that can be sustainable. Um, and, um, as we know, the market seems to be kind of low right now. So maybe opening while it's low is good because then you can't go much lower in my opinion. And so, uh, maybe there's good um, future growth ahead for, for everyone in this industry. So that's all I can hope for. Um, and it just, it gets me really excited. I feel like that's um, living out like your dream, living out uh, the ideas you have in your head. Uh, like I said, even if you fail, like at least I won't have any regrets knowing that I did it. I gave it my best shot. Um, and I'm just trying to set myself up for, the highest chance of success. Sounds good. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. I, I really like that sentiment. Uh, of course. Are, you said you mentioned that uh, you've already got a few people who've reached out to you to kind of 
help with things and, and give you some guidance. Uh, are yeah, you still looking for any sort of connections? If people wanted to reach out to you, would you be open to that? I'm always down to look for connections. I haven't um, made any plans for any solid mentorship yet, but I have a couple of leads. Um, and so, I mean, any advice is good, even if it's negative advice, because they're saying, don't do this, don't do this. You're going to get in trouble here. Like you can learn from that. And so I'm open to any and all advice from anyone who may be qualified to give it. Um, because that's how it just makes you better. You know, even if, if I have a mentor who helps me open this store, like now I have someone I can buy and sell with down the road. Like maybe I have a lot of X product that he needs and he has a lot of Y product that I need and we can make um, business transactions that benefit the both of us. You know, just more contacts, more people to reach out to is always, is always better in, in this market. Absolutely. I think the, the saying goes, your network or your network is your net worth, I believe. Uh, yeah. So yeah, definitely a good idea. Uh, if somebody does want to reach out to you, where should they find you? Um, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Um, I can get, we can put the link in the description. Um, you can also reach out to me on Discord. Um, I can put my handle in the description as well. And so um I'm also in the process of building a, my store name on TCG player is called Righteous Gaming. Um, and I'm in, in the process of building a Discord server for my brand, um, for players and to kind of push more sales through. And so I'll be trying to build up that community as well. Cool. I like it. Brand building, good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler, for coming on the show and telling us your story. This is a cool conversation. I'm really excited to see where you go in the future. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. That's it for today's episode of the Maniverse podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you stay up to date whenever we upload. And if you like what you hear, we'd also appreciate a quick five-star review on iTunes. Thanks again for listening to today's show. I'm Tom Traplin. I've been your host. And I will talk to you again in the next episode of the Maniverse podcast. <laughs>